Hi, everyone. Before we start the show, I just want to let you know that if you enjoy the Dare Daniel podcast, if you like the work we're doing here, you can help us grow the show by making a donation through the Dare Daniel website. Your generous contributions will help offset the cost of producing the show and will also enable long-term projects like producing additional content, creating merchandise, things like that. You can make a one-time payment or set up a monthly subscription. Any amount helps, and it's really greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot, and here's the show. Podcast. You're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer those goddamn consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I've got Icy Sugar locking up my nog-nog, and with me as always is Daniel Barnes, the film critic for the Sacramento News and Review, and a member of the San Francisco Film Critics Circle. Hi everyone, as Corky said, on this show we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine. And then we review and rate them on our unique system. We give a run-of-the-mill bad film a dare. The double dare rating is for those truly atrocious movies, and a reverse dare is for a despised movie that we actually think is pretty good. Today on the podcast, we'll be reviewing Brian Robbins' 2000 wrestling comedy, Ready to Rumble, starring David Arquette and Scott Kahn as brainless fans on a mission to redeem their disgraced hero. But before we get started, Daniel also writes a craft beer column for the Sacramento Bee, so he's going to tell us all about the beer he brought for us. Well, once again, I have brought a beer from New Glory Brewing right here in Sacramento. This is their Greenergy Double IPA, the double dry hopped version, double the amount of Citra and Galaxy hops in there. It is 8.0% alcohol by volume. It is another just delicious beer, very tropical flavors. I get kind of pineapple, melon type flavors in there. Very smooth, very drinkable beer, despite the 8% alcohol. All right, so this dare came to us from Jorge. It was one of the first dares that we ever received, and sorry, Jorge, for we're getting to it so late. Yeah. But why did Jorge dare us to watch this? He says, to make you watch this. Your brilliant gambit worked, you sly devil. Yeah, I mean... The simplicity of the plan is what is so fiendish about it's it. It's almost kind of like these aren't the droids you're looking for. He, it's just like he totally mindfucked us. <laughs> the film was directed by Brian Robbins, who also brought to us such works as Hardball and Norbit, and was written by Stephen Brill, who would go on to make Without a Paddle and Walk of Shame. A lot of heavy hitters behind the camera. <laughs> Let's read the IMD synopsis. Two slacker wrestling fans are devastated by the ousting of their favorite character by an unscrupulous promoter. Yeah, and those slacker wrestling fans are played by the dream team of David Arquette and Scott Kahn, while their beloved wrestling champion Jimmy King is played by Oliver Platt, wearing three layers of shirts at all time to play a professional athlete. And, of course, the unscrupulous promoter is played by Joe Pantoliano, probably best known to movie audiences as Avi Hirschberg from The Identical, episode two. Check it out. Uh, and also numerous WCW professional wrestlers make appearances. The WCW even ran a storyline where actor David Arquette briefly became world champion, a narrative that was not popular with hardcore fans. <laughs> it's hard to believe, right? right? Actor David Arquette on The Weakest Movie comes out, his name champion. That's weird. <laughs> um, yes, that, did, that didn't fly with him for some reason. Uh, you talked about director Brian Robbins, writer Stephen Brill, and with those guys at the helm, there was pretty much no chance that the snooty, stuck-up, pretentious, head-up, their asses, Film critics, yeah. such as myself, right. there's no way they were going to like this movie. And sure enough, film has scores of 23 on Rotten Tomatoes, 23 on Metacritic. 
Um, but the film was also rejected by the shoeless, unwatched, illiterate hoi polloi, such as yourself. Such as me, yeah, yeah. right. It was released to 2,600 theaters on April 7, 2000, opened in sixth place behind uh, other opening movies, Rules of Engagement and Return to Me, which is a movie starring David Duchovny and Minnie Driver. Man, how times change. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, overall, Ready to Rumble only grossed a total of $12 million against a budget of $24 million. Quirky, comedy, such a subjective thing. You never know who's going to be tickled by what. Somebody always finds something funny or yeah. unfunny. Yeah. Um, and as with last week with Clifford, you know, there's the, that film's singular weird humor has its share of fans. They're very passionate fans. And, and on a similar note, the juvenile crassness that permeates Ready to Rumble also has a small but passionate uh, following. So let me ask you this. Similar question to last week. Is ready to rumble dumb funny or just dumb? Uh dumb is giving this movie credit. This movie let me let me let me if you go in the hierarchy of jokes in this movie, it's poop. Yeah. But farts, right, abuse, uh-huh, and sodomy. I would put crotch kicks sure. probably between poop and butts. But crotch kicks you don't really get to appreciate until the final credit roll. When they bring all that back for you. Well, I mean, that's that kind of brings it all home, absolutely. Sure. But I was appreciating it <laughs> on my own level throughout the entire film. This is a very bad movie. Yes. It is really bad. And it, I would want to, you know, like, I'm sure this movie is thinking, man, if you like Beavis and Butthead, you like Wayne's World, you like movies about, like, uh, Bill and Ted, you like yeah. movies that's just about dumb guys doing dumb stuff, but, like, no, this is really, really dumb. This is for, like, if I'm just saying the word poop, right now and you're falling over laughing you are still too smart for this movie yeah it's like let's do beavis and butthead but without all the unrestrained intelligentsia that goes on in beavis and butthead exactly exactly not the high iq quotient let's dumb it down yeah i mean those kind of movies there's an awareness of how dumb the characters are and this movie like i don't know that there is (laughs) like i really think they're on the same level as the filmmakers so let's jump right into it ready to rumble yeah Opens on the credits with shots of uh, various wrestlers, um, and then we hear uh, Scott Kahn kind of monologuing about how wrestlers are the greatest athletes of all time. So it's opening with an ironic detachment from the material. Like, we all agree wrestlers are the greatest athletes of exactly, all time. Exactly, yeah. And as we kind of fade in, we find that he is just sort of monologuing to these children in front of a, uh, in front of a store in, a in this store. tiny little town of Lusk, Wyoming, uh, where they both live. And him and David Arquette are both just crazed wrestling fans. David Arquette is kind of like out of it a little bit, whereas Scott Kahn is just blabbering to these kids about how much he loves Jimmy the King. Scott Kahn is playing Sean and David Arquette is playing Gordy. Gordy then has a brain freeze hallucination of going in and having a tag team match with the king inside the store. Yeah, there's like this fantasy wrestling scene where he's basically yelling at the clerk who is played by Ahmet Zappa. Yeah, I knew it was a Zappa. Yeah. (laughs) They're screaming at each other in the way that wrestlers scream at each other. And then suddenly a ring appears and people are tagging in. And Randy Macho Man Savage and Gorgeous George show up. Yeah, and Oliver Platt is is there as Jimmy the King who (laughs) is... They found a persona for Oliver Platt where he would get to wear three shirts during every single scene. <laughs> so he has like an undershirt. He's got a shirt. He's got this kind of vest sort of shirt on. He's yeah. really covered in layers. You're right. They really did have to layer. It's like his wrestling persona would have been like Nanuka the North or something like that. Like, let's put him in a parka. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and part of this is that Jimmy the King starts out at a low point. Yeah. 
and kind of comes back and is redeemed, but it's not as though like Oliver Platt suddenly rips off his shirt at some point. And is, you like, gotta crazy love rip. Hollywood, where a guy like Oliver Platt gets cast as a dominating wrestling champion. Absolutely, know? but what? any woman over forty is like not fuckable anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last fuckable day. Oh my god! And this is where we get the killer line when Scott Con asks him why he was hallucinating. He says, "Sorry, the ice is sugar." Locked up my nog nog. <laughs> so we got Pauly Shore screenwriting on this movie. I mean, they're trying so hard to make him such a... Certainly an inspiration, I would say. Oh, Guiding lights would be Pauly Shore for this film. <laughs> David Arquette decides he's going to go get a free refill of his Icy. And Scott Kahn asks him, why does it look like you have your finger up your butt? And he says... Because I do. Because he's David Arquette, so he's acting weird throughout this whole thing, right? He's just constantly weird-facing and everything. Yeah. yeah. David Arquette acts every line of dialogue like he's looking into the sun or he's <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs. Exactly. So we find out that Arquette's dad, Gordy's dad, is a cop and he wants him to be a cop. Everybody's trying to crush their arrest. And everybody in this movie is mean to each other or screaming For at no each other. For no reason, yes. yeah. And we also find out they work as septic tank cleaners. Yeah, they it, have a job... That surrounds them with poop all the time. Because yes. that is hilarious. It is hilarious. And there's a whole scene next to porta potties where they get hassled by rednecks pooping in porta potties. Yeah. Yeah. We also forgot to mention that David Arquette casually mentions that he urinates on himself sometimes. Sure. They're just like kind of like the, like these are the protagonists. They are so utterly loathsome. The like, dialogue should have been poopy, them. poopy potty, no, potty seriously. poopy. He just is like, I pee on myself sometimes because I just don't know why I should go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Anyway, so they go and harass some women at their jobs because, <laughs> yep. again, these are our heroes. Yep. The dorky girl at the job loves them and loves the king, loves Scott Kahn, loves Jimmy the King. The blonde girl that he likes, the icy one, doesn't doesn't care. But he likes her and not the dorky girl. Sure. They are hang out and eat lunch while poop is dripping in the background. They're just sitting there eating their burgers while poop is dripping. Yeah. Scott Kahn has made WWKD bracelets for them. <laughs> what would the king do? Bracelets. <laughs> and that scene, so they're about to go see Jimmy the King because he's playing in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yeah. And they're going to go drive to see him that night. And they're all super, super stoked on it. But the scene actually ends, uh, Scott Kahn gives, uh, he, he shows off his WWKD bracelet then uh he's like oh i made you one too and he yeah. gives it to david arquette and the scene ends with scott god biting his lip in the most anastasia style way <laughs> anastasia steel style well it's just fucking amazing so i'm like lip bite i'm finding every lip exactly bite in, in cinema history. amazingly though i believed this pairing bit more than i believed <laughs> yeah, anastasia a lot steel. more passion going on there they meet a vulgar old woman because that's <sighs> the level of comedy here there's an old woman and she curses so they go to Cheyenne. They see Rose McGowan, who plays one of the Nitro girls. Sasha. There is some, like, there is a WCW Nitro on yeah, TNT. There, there was, was, right? Yeah. yeah. So there is some, like, <laughs> like some real crossover. And there's a lot, like we said, there's a lot of Goldberg mm-hmm. and a lot of other WCW. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page is, like, a main character. In yep. this. The unscrupulous manager, played by Avi Hirschberg from The Identical, Joey Pants. Episode 2, check it out. He's fantastic here. He's really the best part of the movie, obviously. Oh, well, he's I mean, Joey he's the best Pants. part of every movie. When you said unscrupulous manager, Joey Pantaleano should just have unscrupulous Joe Pantaleano in his name. You know yes. what I mean? Cowboy hat and long ponytail. Yeah, he's so he's going for he it. He never doesn't, though. Right? You know, he's so great. God damn it. Wasted. Just wasted. The king is supposed to I guess like Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, maybe or King Harley Race, something like that. But he gets in the ring and he raps King of Rock. Right. Run DMC. Oliver Platt raps Run DMC in this movie. <laughs> 
I don't know what else to say about that. He just does. They make well, they make a big deal out of this being a non pay per view event in this small. Yeah, Wyoming it's town. like nothing. But him and him and Joey Pants are having an argument. Yeah, and uh, the king is late again, and he uh, Joey Pants is sick of this guy. He so he tells big, he makes a big deal. He he gets Diamond Dallas Page off to the side. This is uh, the the producer Sinclair. Right. He gets him off to the side, and he tells him. Look, forget what I said. You're it's your night. You're going to take it over. So he's doing a Montreal screw job thing from the WWF that Vince McMahon did to Brett the Hitman Hart, right? right. So they're doing the screw job. As it as the fight goes on, Oliver Platt realizes Diamond Dallas Page is really fighting, <laughs> yeah. right? And they're just straight up punching they're each just, other. They're just it's a box, they're it's like rock, wailing it's on grudge each other. match. The fight keeps going. Like Oliver Platt doesn't be like, no, fuck this. Stop. You know? He like fights back. <laughs> fights I know, right? Why didn't he just turtle and be like, oh? <laughs> the whole, all the other wrestlers come running in the ring. So now everybody's in on this secret. Every wrestler, including his own, Jerry the King's own entourage, yeah, his own all entourage. come in and just beat the shit out of him. Like literally beat the shit so out of him. So you've got a bunch of real life wrestlers stomping on this guy. Yeah. It's an assault that's happening in this ring. And it ends with the four post massacre where all four of them get up on the post and kind of elbow dropping at the same time <laughs> it's just so, and it's funny because this earlier when uh david arquette's cop father suggests wrestling is fake he like oh, loses yeah. it he goes yeah he screams but the movie's like it isn't fake right right <laughs> it's the whole i like this movie's concept they, of the they world toy is, with it is childish yeah very childish i was really sad though because i'm watching that i'm like kurt henning dead bam bam bigelow yeah dead Macho Man Savage dead, like all these Absolutely. wrestlers, and it's only what? Well, I guess it's eighteen years ago. Yeah, Jesus Christ, almost two decades ago, right? Yeah. The uh, Scott Con and David Arquette are are very upset. They're in the truck. They're crying. They flip the truck because they are so distraught. And of course, it's the poop truck. So poop <laughs> goes flying everywhere. And in what I have to say is like the keystone scene yeah. in this movie. Their overturned poop truck, which is just gushing liquid poop, right, gets hit by another truck. Which is carrying toilet paper. Right. Packages of toilet paper? No. Loose rolls of just toilet paper rolls. just start gushing out of the hole of this truck and just fly into the poop. Because toilet paper, poop. Yeah. Get it? I think I guess apparently there was some like high school prank society that they needed a big shipment of just rolls of toilet paper, not packages. It was go just to the loose rolls of toilet paper in this truck. That is something a third grader like you think. Okay, these movies are made for third graders. That's something that a third grader would really come up with. Yeah. Like, what's the gag here? Ah, the poop gets hit by a toilet paper truck. <laughs> Excrement should have been third build in this movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Whoever was their poop guy like got did a lot of work cuz that poop is like it's it is viscous. Yes. It's liquidy but it's but a little chunky. chunky. Enough? Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, great job, guys. All poop provided by Bonnie Five. <laughs> so, they decide things happen for a reason. The reason that the poop truck turned it over was that we need to go and help the king. Yeah. So, they travel to Atlanta. Right from Cheyenne, the traveling in this movie is completely I was, I was bonkers. The time so does not insane. make sense in this movie. They get picked up by a van of nuns, and of course, yes. let's go with the easiest jokes. The nuns are singing like "Kumbaya," and Michael rode his boat ashore. And then they get them to sing "Running with the Devil," and yep. then the nuns are pulling out lighters, obviously. And, and in a montage or scene that goes on for about as long as a Van Halen concert, and it is just one of those where it's like. 
here's the shot here's the long shot of the van traveling down the highway and then here's the shot inside the van of them doing a new song and then here's the van and then here's inside here's the van I mean, a third of this movie is motorhomes traveling through middle america it's just such it's just lazy lazy shit so they get out of the van and they there's this awful like really lame joke where they're like did you fart oh my like, god i didn't fart and then there's like the nuns farted they're farting nuns like they, like they 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 were they had the scene with the nuns doing the lighters and the singing and then they're like, God, it's just not really hitting, you know. We, I know, we, right? We need and it wasn't like they, let's build a joke based around no. them smelling the nuns farting or something. They just get out and go, those nuns farted. It's a totally different day, different set, <laughs> I know, right? So they get dropped off at like this gas station in Atlanta where they meet this kid who is playing video games conveniently. And again, because uh, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, computers could just do anything. Yeah, he is yeah. able to like track all of the king's whereabouts, I even totally though he's in hiding. <laughs> yes, I can. And I like the way the movie presumes like only ki- kids know about the internet. Uh, kids right. can do anything on the oh, internet. Oh my god, these kids! There's a scene where they're all kind of sitting around, and the kid is searching for the king. Yeah. Scott Kahn puts on the kid's earphones and just starts singing the Britney Spears song. Hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah, hit me, baby, one more time. And that's supposed to be hilarious, is that Scott Kahn is singing Hit Me, Baby, One More Time. That's the joke. That's the whole bit. That's it. That's the whole joke. And he's kind of white guy dancing to it. And as much as I hate David Arquette and everything that he's doing in this movie, at least he's doing something. Scott Kahn essentially (laughs) just walks into a scene and smirks and delivers his line and then smirks. You think Scott Kahn just like, my dad acts. That's what I do too. He is like the most legacy actor of any legacy actor going today. titans of acting families in this movie the arquette clan (laughs) and the con we got all of the worst we got both of the worst ones (laughs) that's right this should have starred rosanna arquette and james (laughs) con god damn it it's great wrestling fans alexis arquette (laughs) and i don't know connie francis (laughs) just spell it (laughs) c-a-a-n-i They finally track down the king. He's in a trailer. He's dressed in a he's in a women's clothes. He's yep. I guess trying to hide out from them. He he's he even says, "Y'all know it's just a show, right? Like wrestling's fake." Uh, oh, what the fuck is <laughs> um, they say because again, this movie is sometimes wants to be like an airplane style, totally ridiculous, doesn't even take place in the real world, right. kind of thing. And then other times it's like life lessons. Yes, right, yeah. So David Arquette says, "How can you be phony if we believe in you?" <laughs> Heavy stuff. We believe in you, and so he's like, "All right, let's do it." There let's- should have been a scene where he's walking in, and it's like he sees that on a bumper sticker, just like in a picture of Jesus or something like that. How can you be funny if we believe in you? Yeah, and he just says it to him. And <laughs> yeah, <not> right. right. <laughs> But this movie actually is like, no, that's a real yeah, like life no, lesson that we want to impart is like believe in yourself and believe in your heroes. I love that, that we're writing down the same bits of dialogue that like it's, it's like these are obviously the worst pieces of this movie. <laughs> Hold on. Oliver yeah. Platt has to be the best actor who's been in the slummiest, crappiest right. movies. Yeah. His IMDb oh, credits yeah. are just awful but he's he's always the best thing in the movie (laughs) he's like how can i always ensure i'm the best thing in any movie (laughs) so the king decides i'm gonna go with these people who have just shown up on my doorstep and have no no connection to the wrestling uh, community or anything i'm just gonna go with them because they say that i'm gonna help help me get revenge on avi hirschberg from the identical yeah so we Um, go to uh, the nitro recording in new york city yeah so they drive away to the sounds of my own worst enemy by the band lit because that's what kind of movie this is (laughs) there are also two kid rock songs of this movie oh yeah they sneak him into the arena in what else a porta potty right 
uh, but not before leering at the Nitro Girls and poor Rose McGowan, who is just here to be a smile and a pair of boobs and then get punched in the face. She, But she knows she's slumming, so you know what I mean? Like She does. I'm just thinking about everything that has happened to Rose McGowan and how like the exploitation started very early. Yeah. You know, and it always, always does. Anyway. Um, so the king jumps out of the porty potty and assaults, <laughs> assaults Diamond Dollage Page on camera. There's lots of toilet and toilet paper jokes. Avi Hirschberg from the Identical jumps in and is like, hey, stop. Let's just break down this scene. He tells this cameraman, because they're going to do a remote from backstage for some reason in this garage where all these porta potties are. And he says, I want you to start tight on Diamond, Dave, <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page's belt, then pull back to show us. You see the camera view? It starts on Diamond Dallas Page's face. <laughs> the movie's not even playing by its own rules. Seriously. And then somehow Oliver Platt got on top of a porta potty. The laws of physics right. were ignored. Impossible. Scott Kahn and, and Gordy put Joey Pantolino, Avi Hirschberg from The yeah. Identical, we're going to keep hitting that, <laughs> into a figure four leg lock and a suplex at the same time. And then he pins him. He pins him back. There's a referee there for some reason. Pins him on the cement. <laughs> the ref just comes in. Mean Gene Okerlund is there and says, well, we have a new champion. Remember, literally none of this is scripted. None like, of none of They don't know that these two people, they have no idea who they are, have snuck the king in here. Right. They think he's still in a trailer park in a dress. Joe Pantoliano stands up, takes the microphone all on camera and says, no, there are bylaws. This is not a sanctioned <laughs> There match. are bylaws. He's super into bylaws. Yes, all of a sudden, this man who <laughs> fucked over the king at the beginning to get the belt and have, had an assault in the ring. And while he was on the ground, he somehow reserved the arena where this pay-per-view, he's already in set Vegas. a date and time and place for it. Because nothing else goes on in Vegas. No, no. <laughs> empty, empty all the time. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they've set this up, and they have kind of a party afterward to be like, yeah, we did it, we did it, we, we gave the king another they chance. They have an under-the-freeway RV party. <laughs> they do. <laughs> That all the Nitro girls and all the wrestlers and everybody has come to. Uh, the king, like, freaks out and runs away. And what does he fall into? An open sewer. Jesus Christ. He falls into a sewer. And the next scene, they've pulled him out and he's just covered in poop. I think Feces had it in its contract. Look, I need to go every five minutes. There needs to be a shot of me. I know, I'm right? not working, baby, unless I get every five it's minutes. It's had its picture on the fucking poster. <laughs> uh, so they decide, okay, this uh, the king needs to be trained by a professional. So they go to who else? Academy Award winner, Martin Landau. Yes. <laughs> but he's playing he's like, like a, this old wrestler. He's like Stu Hart. He's like a hooker. He's uh, he's tough as nails, yeah. right? Like you hear all these pe- all this noise when they knock on his door and you come in and he's training all these children, but yeah. he's been like beating up the children. But the funny thing is the children all walk out wearing casts. <laughs> What's the, like, so when he, did he patch he them all <laughs> up? <laughs> like... If you just break your arm, a cast does not suddenly appear on your arm. That's yeah. not how that works. Like, do, do the makers of this film have object permanence yet? Oh have my they God, developed, that... like, toddler-level skills of, of uh, <laughs> comprehension? Good God. Uh, <laughs> so one thing we skipped was that Sasha showed up, uh, Rose McGowan showed up to the Underground Freeway Party. Yeah. And they go hit, up... hits on Gordy, like, way too way, obviously really hard. and crazy. So they have a date. And he show, Gordy shows up to her apartment to pick her up. And when she opens the door to greet him for his date, he's wearing this, this dazzly fancy shirt. Uh-huh. And if, within 40 seconds, there's like five bits. Five bits of I'm so dumb. He like yeah. meets her with buenos nachos. Yeah. Like, okay. He tries to eat spaghetti like a child, <sighs> which super turns her on. And she's like, let's go to the bedroom. Uh, she, she mentions awesome moves, which, of course, he's like, oh, wrestling. You mean wrestling? Yeah. So he like 
body slams her and she's like, this is great. Yeah. I'm way into this. There's a wrestling she sex scene. Rips, yeah, there's a wrestling sex scene that ends with her like ripping out her boobs. I mean, it's PG. Is it PG-13? Or is I don't it, know. It's not boobs or whatever. Right. There's only violence, excrement, and sodomy in this movie. Yeah, so. just violence towards women. <laughs> yeah, so it's only PG-13. It's fine. <laughs> so she takes off her shirt. He sees her breasts and screams, foreign objects and punches her in the face right and then they go on to have sex yes the, i mean oh fuck <laughs> god so you realize anybody with a brain realizes that sasha's in on something because she's right she's quizzing him about like who's training uh the king now and stuff like that yeah and sure enough guys show up at martin landau's house mm-hmm. and although he fights them off they end up Someone smashes him in the back of the head with a chair, and he ends up in the hospital. Yeah. So while he's in the hospital, David Arquette overhears Sasha, who is actually Joey Pants, Avi Hirschberg from The Identicals Girlfriend. I'm not sure where they are right now. Are they in New York? Yeah, I think so. Because they were in Atlanta, and then I think they left. They left to go to somewhere. But she's like, get me out of here like it's this podunk town. But there's a big hospital there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so they not go, the only thing that doesn't make sense in oh, this movie. Certainly not. So they go back. They're going to go back to Wyoming. David Arquette's like, "Screw you, Sasha, hot more, Nitro girl." More RV driving. Uh, more Kid Rock songs. More people getting kicked in the nuts. There's a Michael Bolton joke that is fifty million <laughs> shades of lame. <laughs> <laughs> but the king we see is They need starting... to go to Vegas, but then they're going to Wyoming. They... <sighs> oh, my God. The king is starting to grow because he kind of starts wanting to make amends with people. So he's, he visits Goldberg. Right. Says I was just Tries to make up with his posse. Yeah. Tries to make up with his ex-wife. She kicks him in the nuts. Goldberg tells him, I work alone. Or tells him, no, sorry, fellas, I work alone. No, you don't. You were in the king's men. You were part of the king's court. You literally do not work alone. No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> that's like a line earlier when when uh, Joey Pants screws over the king and then he raises Diamond Dallas Page and he goes, "The new and reigning champion." Those words don't go together. You can't be new and reigning at the same time. Uh, we should also say that uh, David Arquette's father has decided no more of this wrestling stuff. He yeah. he doesn't want him doing any more of the stuff. So David Arquette. Drops out. He has the my dream is stupid kind of scene. And yeah. he's going to give up on his dream. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Um, so they have tryouts for a new posse. The scene is totally pointless. I don't even, we shouldn't even talk about no, it. No, it was. Then po- they're off to Vegas. No, we had to have a shot of a woman in a bikini. That's why. We had to have a, a woman come up in a gingham prairie dress yeah. who just rips it off and says, I'm pretty kitty. Yeah. And then pets her vagina for a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just as they're about to leave to Vegas, the dorky brunette girl from right. earlier, well, Scott Conn disses the hot blonde and gives a Hard Rock Cafe shirt to the dorky girl, at which point she's like, let's have sex. Yes. Sploosh. Like, Once she sees hard that Hard Rock, rock Cafe, from- <laughs> I mean, she can't handle it anymore. She's like, the this guy's hard a big rock? spender. <laughs> is this where Jimi Hendrix's jacket is located? <laughs> what? Kiss's guitar is in a case there? Sploosh. Sploosh. But my favorite my favorite line of dialogue in the whole movie, because they're trying to get uh, Scott Kahn is now working with the king. He's trying to get him back and he's running. They show Oliver Platt running down the street. Scott Kahn is on a BMX bike right next to him. He goes, It's gonna be great getting you back, King. And then Oliver Platt d- sincerely goes, Yeah, but I wish Gordy was coming. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
All of a sudden, they're just the best friends. That, that's supposed to mean something. So they pulled him out of the sewer grate. So they have this event at the smallest arena in Las Vegas, which seats about 100 people, yet the broadcaster make a yes. point of saying, this great arena. We've written down all the same lines. He says, in the thousands, in the seats, and the millions at home, I'm like, there's 200 at the most. They show the shot, you're like... Maybe 150, 200 people tops are going to fit there. And then it's a fire code violation. And, it's, and then the arenas are like, look at this majestic arena. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and it's totally doing the American Ninja Warrior thing where there's people in the stands that are just pumping their arms up and down. <laughs> and then they're playing this raucous sound of applause. <laughs> No one's clapping. No one's clapping. It's their hand punching the air. It's just causing that that sound. Uh, Of course, Michael Buffer comes in and does his line. Scott Cons. He he must have got paid, man. I mean, the movie's named after him. Yeah, he he makes an appearance. He because he has a thing where he anytime he says a line, he gets yeah right. Or if you say the line, you got to pay him. Yeah, yeah. He must have got paid. I'm good for good for him. Hey, so somebody cashed in on this thing. <laughs> yeah, I think right. that's where all the 24 million of the budget went. Scott Kahn tells Diamond Dallas Page a diamond upside down is a pussy. Wow, that's a joke. Wow, I um, that one. <laughs> what's a butthole upside down? A ruby? The uh... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do the do the geometry on that it's one? An amethyst. Uh, so an old lady saying smack him around like a toothless crack whore. Is mm-hmm. this movie's humor in one line? It's as good as it gets That's here. it. Yeah, it's as good as it gets. All the goons come in. Uh, Jerry the King and Diamond Dallas Page are fighting. You in keep this calling triple him Jerry cage. the King. Jerry King. Jimmy King. <laughs> Jimmy King. Fuck. Jimmy the King. Jimmy King uh, is fighting Diamond Dallas Page in this triple cage match. Right. The belt is at the top, and you have to go- get all the way up to the top cage to get the belt. This this was put together in two months, two weeks. We don't know. They It was three travels to Wyoming and back. Yeah, right. <laughs> he gets attacked by Avi Hirschberg's goons. Amongst them is his son, yeah. which is a payoff to absolutely nothing. A real Shakespearean turn I didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, which the announcers, as soon as they see him, get it for they, some reason. They come in and they're like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then they're like, they, he takes off. They're like, oh, his own son is going after him. It's like, oh, thanks for helping us out with that. Like they have the they have the King family tree. They're just going through, oh, that son, bad yeah. teeth. <laughs> it just looks, it looks like Jimmy the King is about to go down. David Arquette leaps his motorcycle. He's dressed like a cop now into the ring thank, and sort of tags in. Thank God there was an Evil Knievel ramp. More Kid Rock songs. What I love, again, like how you were saying this movie doesn't play by its own rules. So a move happens in the ring, and as we're watching it on the film, it's in slow motion for impact. And then it, we, it cuts to somebody watching it on a TV, and it's also in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not how things are televised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus, yes. Oh, just, or there's parts where Diamond Dallas Page is beating Oliver Plot's ass, and then the next scene, they're both like at opposite ends of the corner. The editing doesn't work. None of this works. So, of course, the cop father sees this on TV and is like, yes, he's a cop character, so now I like yeah. him doing wrestling. Sasha is like way into him again, too. Uh, of course, she gets hit by a ladder, which is hilarious because she's a woman getting punched in the face. But she didn't point to her boobs that scene, so I thought they really played it restrained. <laughs> they really did. They're in the cages, and again, this goes to like how sometimes this is a parody and sometimes not. There's a literal noose. Yeah. In the ring. Objects they have, like, weapons hanging around, like, Mad Max Thunderdome style. There is a straight-up noose. Right. If you put someone in a noose, they're going to die. <laughs> like, I know some of these <laughs> other things are meant to cause harm. Like, that will kill you. There's a bottle of poison. <laughs> it's, no- it's all of a sudden Clue. <laughs> like, it's set up like Clue. There's a lead pipe. <laughs> 
Oh, oh and uh, Avi Hirschberg told Sting. It was so funny. There's a scene backstage before the match where he tells Sting, he goes, I will fucking kill you <laughs> if this doesn't go right. He is going to murder Sting, He's the wrestler. murder him. <laughs> but Sting... Takes his place yeah. and kind of sees how it all plays out. He actually ends up double-crossing Avi Hirschberg. It's a sting ex machina. He helps the king. Um, there's a few homophobic jokes. Yep. There is scrotum punch slash kick number 3,000. Ding, 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 ding. Diamond falls through a very shoddily built cage. He, just, he <laughs> falls down and just falls right through the opening. Like, this is not a great advertisement for WCW that, safety yes. standards. It's WCW is like, saying, like, our business is so crooked. It's run by the worst people. I know. Like, we don't even build these cages right. Like, I didn't put a bottom on this one. Was I supposed to put a bottom on it? So the king wins. He grabs his belt. Avi Hirschberg suddenly, he has been getting booed by fans nonstop right. throughout this entire thing from the second that he double-crossed Jimmy the King. He suddenly now hears the boos and is like, what? Oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> the, but now they're they're too angry, and the crowd literally comes up and beats him. <laughs> All of the wrestlers and crowd beat him because wrestling is for the fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't build wrestling. We built wrestling. What? So, like, they assault take... someone, maybe kick them to death if it's they like get the... in your way. It's such a... It's like Cleon from the Warriors when all the other gangs descend on him and start beating because they think he shot Cyrus. So after they've the mob has murdered Joey Pants, <laughs> uh, they decide David Arquette... Just is, his ponytail's getting passed around the ring. With a little bit of scalp on it. <laughs> <laughs> David Arquette becomes Jimmy the King's new partner. He's going to be a professional wrestler. Scott Kahn is now a manager. Sort of like, yeah, moment of triumph. Now we're back at the store. Scott Kahn is still talking to these kids about how great Jimmy the King is. And they're like, well, then how come you're here in this lame town? You, you made all this stuff up. And then sure enough, Ahmet Zappa comes flying through the window of the store. And who the fuck? Uh, Goldberg Bill, Bill was Goldberg. there. And he had just thrown him out. Then. Then a limousine pulls up. <laughs> and it, the Nitro girls, uh, who are now their drivers slash sex slaves. Sure. I think yeah. they just own them sexually. I think so. Drive off with them uh, with Martin Landau in the back <laughs> Shirtless in the smallest shirtless. jacuzzi you've ever seen. It's like a jacuzzi. In a little car jacuzzi. It, you can't even call it a jacuzzi. It's just bubbled water in the back of a car. Marlando says, God bless America. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Or so you would think, because what do we get next? Hilarious outtakes. We get outtakes. Oh, oh. I mean... And it is, it is always a move of desperation when the outtakes come because yeah. they're like, well, this movie wasn't funny. You're right. So, like, let's have somebody, like, fall down or forget a line or something like that, and, and we'll throw that in there. This movie takes it a step further because after the outtakes, we get a supercut of people getting punched and kicked in the crotch. All the scrotum shots. The movie is telling you, yes. This, this is, is like this is what we are. This is, yeah, this is who we are. Like, this is the garbage you just watched. Testicle slaps. Ball kicks, scrotum punches. Which did you find more offensive? The the highlights at the end of Fifty Shades <laughs> Freed? <laughs> the montage. The montage that is supposed to be like, remember the good times you had with this abusive couple? <laughs> or this one, which is like, remember the good times you had with this uh, like mentally remember all deficient the nuts you group saw of sociopaths? <laughs> <laughs> That's a 50-50 shot. I, just, I can't pick. It is just such a, like, shove it right in. You're like, you just watch this asshole. Yeah, exactly. It is like, we just did this to you. Yeah. Here's the nut punch. Before we give our ratings, anything else to mention about Ready to Rumble? It's a nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, this I'm looking at my notes. Nothing. Poop, crotch, toilet, boobs, old woman cursing. I think we covered it. Yeah. I really think we covered it. So yeah. let's give ratings. Just to remind everyone. 
Dare is the run-of-the-mill watchable bad film. Double Dare is the excruciating unwatchable bad film. Reverse Dare is the movie that we think is actually pretty good. Corky, ready to rumble. What's your rating? I'm giving it a Double Dare. It's so dumb and empty. If you're a 12-year-old, you would find half of this movie funny. And that's it. It's. I mean, there's some ogling of women. There's a lot of poop and crotch humor. If you're and then a really low, you have to be a super lowbrow 12-year-old. Even for 12-year-old, you have to be pretty lowbrow. No, that's a great point. A 12-year-old who's... <laughs> sorry. I want to give 12-year-olds a little more credit. <laughs> sorry. It's been a long time since I hung out with 12-year-olds. <laughs> that's a good thing. But, okay, so, and then I guess the last bit, wrestling is another fandom I don't quite get. Right. Like, I don't watch wrestling, but I'm obsessed with wrestlers' interviews, like the, the stuff right. that they talk about. Right, right, right. But... I don't like Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't get what's appealing about it. And if they're saying if if WCW tied so into this and saying this is what our fans are like, uh-huh. what do they think of you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, double Dare, D- stay away from this. Big time, stay away. Double Dare, you your 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 sense of humor would have to be like scraping the bottom of the basement low to really appreciate the movie. It is awful, crass, juvenile, stupid, mean. That's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. But we'll be back next week to review another one of your movie dares. Another. Keep sending them. In the meantime, check out our Thursday mini episodes for a preview of our next Dare Daniel review, as well as more talk about your dares and movies in general. Until then, send your most sadistic, because this one was pretty sadistic, it was or bad. altruistic, if you actually want us to watch a movie that you think is good that other people don't like. Send those dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can read more of my movie reviews in the Sacramento News and Review and at newsreview.com. You can read my craft beer column in the Sacramento Bee and at sacb.com. Corky, where can people find more of your work? Well, you can find me at Lusk, Wyoming. Hmm. I'll be doing Just a three-night stint. Yeah. Just wrestling the shit out of Ahmet Zappa. <laughs> I forgot to mention that those kids in that scene were so clearly producers' kids, it wasn't even funny. Those were the most like like lifeless line reading ever. <laughs> For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny Kickstand Flores. God bless America. <laughs> I love you. <laughs>